the business savvy singer. Hey there, and welcome to the Business Savvy Singer podcast. I'm Dr. Greta Pope, and I'm so glad that you're here. This podcast is dedicated to vocalists and to those who love them. We interview singers who are working professionally to get a glimpse into their lives and celebrate their personal journey to success. Join us weekly to learn how to move your career forward. Get tips and recommendations to help you realize the career of your dreams. You're listening to the Business Savvy Singer Podcast, brought to you by the privatemusicstudio.net, providing online education to build sustainable careers in music. Also, Eternal Wolf Music, producing audio for every need, and Greta Pope Entertainment, for the finest in entertainment. Hey there, and welcome to the Business Savvy Singer podcast. Today I have with me a lovely young woman who has done all kinds of performing. She's traveled all over. She's been on Broadway. It's, uh, it's quite exciting. We're fortunate to have her with us today. And her name is Melanie Brazil. Hi, Melanie. How are you today? I am well. Thanks for having me, Dr. Greta. This is exciting. Well, I'm very excited to have you with us. You are so talented. I met you several weeks ago and was just so impressed with your story. And I thought, I just have to have Melanie on the Business Savvy Singer podcast. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? When did you start singing? All those kinds of things. Yeah, so I'm from Chicago and I I started singing as a little girl. You know, that was, I think, one of the first things I can say that I did for me because I just love to sing. You know, um, I remember my grandmother... um, had this rattan chair that spun around next to this floor to ceiling mirror. And I used to just spin around in that chair, <laughs> hum songs to myself. And then every now and then she'd be sneaking in and I'd get so embarrassed. <laughs> I had the time to just sing and entertain myself and everything. And, you know, so I started out just, just singing because I love to sing, you know? Oh, wow. And, you know, my mom said she realized I could sing when I was about three. Um, no kidding. And- in this song, there was a song by this band, Atlantic Star, and it was called Always. And she said, we were driving in the car. We spent a lot of time in the car, and, and I was in my car seat. And she turned down the radio and went, is that my child singing? Wow. <laughs> singing out. And she goes, and I'm like, oh, she can sing, you know? Wow, that's fantastic. That's how it started, truly how it started, you know? That's wonderful. Uh, and was your family, as you were growing up, were they encouraging of your singing in a pro- for a profession? Yes. So my family has always been incredibly supportive. Um, of, of course, I started singing in church as well. Mm-hmm. So I went to um, a Lutheran church in a community here in Chicago um, called Princeton Park. Okay. And and really, that's where I met one of my favorite singers, Beverly Granberry. It was a uh-huh. lady that goes to my church. Wow. Beautiful. You know, just a you know, everyday woman with the most beautiful clarion voice. I mean, she's just amazing. Um, and so I would sing, you know, for, you know, Easter programs and things like that. Um, and then when I was in seventh grade, there was an audition for the American Girls Review. 
Okay. That was a store. They had the American Girl Place store downtown. I remember that store. I re beautiful store. Oh, it was awesome. And, you know, I thought it was cool because I always wanted the Addy doll. I always <laughs> wanted one of the dolls. But, you know, they were a bit pricey. But I would get the, you know, catalogs in the mail. And so uh, my first drama teacher, um, she's since, you know, passed on. Her name was Atel Billig. Um, she told my mom that I should audition for the American Girls Review. Wow. And... You know, I didn't have what they call a book, an audition book at that time. I was just, you know, mm -hmm. what, sixth grade, seventh grade? <laughs> yeah. Me down. I sang Amazing Grace. You know, we had the sheet music for that um, in our little piano bench. And I went down there and I, I booked it and I got, I, I was Addie. Wow. So I, from seventh grade until, well, like my, my sophomore year in high school. Oh my gosh. Like professional singing for the theater job um and I would I don't even know how I did that but I would go after school my my mom really is how I did it because she was like a taxi driver she really sacrificed a lot oh, to get yeah. me um and we would do I would do shows on the weekends and after school and wow and did you do the shows at the store is that where the shows took place the store had a theater it was such an amazing experience because it was a theater sort of built with young women in mind, young girls in mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the story of the American Girl dolls, they're all so empowering. And to be able to, um, I just really, I enjoyed it. And even at that young age, I realized I was doing something important. I felt like that story was important. Yes. And it felt like such an honor to be able to, you know, pay homage to the story of Addie and, mm -hmm. and even just where I've come from, you know. Um, because I don't know if people are familiar, but Addie and her mom escaped from slavery and they go to Philadelphia wow. and they, you know, go through this amazing journey and to be able to sing and tell that story, it was really a dream. So that is fantastic. That's very exciting. So that's a good way to kind of start off, you know, that, that really gets you, you know, certainly if the bug hadn't bitten you before, it certainly bit you during that time, I'm sure. Because it required a lot. That's where I think, you know, my work ethic, uh, and just being professional, mm -hmm. that's what started. Because, you know, even though we were girls, we still had to be able to sign in. That was a job, mm -hmm. you know. We we had to take it seriously. And I learned so much and I made so many friendships um, during that. I'm still in touch with many of the um, young women that were in the show with me at the time. And Wow, that is so wonderful. How large of a show was it? How many performers? Oh, goodness. It might, it wasn't, you know, super large. There were a few adults. So there were about four adults that mm -hmm. sort of anchored, you know, the show. And then um, maybe about six or seven, wow. um, you know, girls. And we would rotate. So, you know, because we were kids and we had school, you wouldn't always perform with the same people. Yes. And that was a lesson in and of itself, right? Because right. everybody had a different way of doing things. Yeah. Different women that would play my mom, they had a different style. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's where I also learned how to, you know, be present and to respond to what I was actually getting on stage at the time. That's wonderful. Um, and I, I know that it has served you well, because then after that, you went on and did what? Yeah. So, you know, I was always a kid with many interests. So, you know, at the time, yeah, I was singing and I was doing theater, but I, I studied many things and I was still interested in different career paths and still wasn't necessarily set that I was going to do this for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, Right. So I went on to, you know, Whitney Young High School and I got into the concert choir where I was singing like classical pieces with my teacher at the time, Ms., uh, Mrs. Gloria Brown. And um, 
And from there, you know, I was, I was just very fortunate to get some things that came my way. Mm -hmm. I, um, in high school, I got to perform with the Lyric Opera in an opera called Street Scene. Wow. Little small, I played Grace and I lived in the basement with my father. That was, you know, what my character did. And, and Street Scene, I mean, it was awesome. I was working at the opera, um, <laughs> just, oh, and there were several kids in this show. So, you know, that was really an exciting experience. Um, and then, um, you know, I went on to college. Mm -hmm. And so in, at Northwestern University, I studied um, communications okay. and theater and I auditioned for their music theater program. Um, but again, I always had in the back of my head, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be mm -hmm. a lawyer. I wasn't even thinking that I was going to do this yeah. professionally um, because I just loved it so much. It didn't even feel like it just felt like something that was a part of me, you know, truly. And that, that's um, a wonderful thing. You know, they say, what's the saying? Um, if you do something you love, you never work a day in your life. And that is fantastic and so true. So, and that's really what happened. And so, you know, in college, I got into the music theater program in Northwestern and I was singing these amazing songs. And um, my uh, voice teacher at the time, my company is, he suggested that I audition for something while I was in school. And I'm like, okay, sure. I was gonna sell vitamins that summer. <laughs> that's hilarious. And he said, why don't you audition for Chicago Shakespeare? And I said, Okay, they were doing a musical for their theater for young audiences, Susical the Musical. Mm -hmm. And I auditioned and I got in. And I, I mean, I was just starstruck working with the likes of Ife Butler, who became my mentor. She's now somebody that is really like a mentor to me in the business. Wow. And, and after that, I think that's when I really got serious. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. decided, oh, wait, I'm going to do this professionally now. Yeah, because it, it had been made clear to you that you had the skills and had the ability to do it, and you loved it. So why and not? I really enjoyed it. And yeah. so so that's that's really how I got started, um, wow. you know, and, you know, after college, you know, during in college, I learned that I did need to approach it with some discipline. Mm -hmm. Right. So prior to that, it felt like, oh, this is just something I love to do. But there's a difference between, you know, singing in the car and singing at home and doing this eight times a week. Yes, there is. Heard <laughs> that, you know, and so I I studied voice with a voice teacher in Northwestern, Melissa Foster, who I still, you know, go to lessons with. That's great. And I had to sort of develop the stamina and the professional capacity to do it eight times a week. Mm hmm. So that, you know, when I decided to do this professionally, that became very clear um, yeah. that I needed to make some adjustments <laughs> and really just start to take care of my instrument in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it's interesting with singing because our instrument is our body. You know, is. so you got to be doing all the right things, eating right and sleeping and doing everything right, you know. These are things that you learn along the way. Yeah. You know, you learn them along the way. I... Um, I remember, you know, one of my first big shows out of college was Carolina Change. And it was just such an amazing, I loved, loved, loved that, um, that play. And actually, Ife played my mother. So oh. just such a small world. I met her, you know, a couple years earlier in Susical, and then she played my mom. And that story was just so near and dear. And just watching, you know, that's when I learned to just pay attention to the people around me watching how she approached her work with such professionalism and, you know, Kate Fry and all these people at court theater, they were really, you know, serious yeah. about 
very fun people, mm-hmm. but very focused and disciplined people. Absolutely. And that was a, a bit of an education in and of itself. And I've, I've always said I've learned a lot of things on the job. <laughs> yeah, that's right. By observing, by observing those uh, that uh, are, are ahead of you in the, in the profession and seeing what they do and how they behave and how they take care of their bodies and how they're eating and all of these different things. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was a, a a wonderful learning experience during that show. That's great. So now tell us how you went from this place to Broadway. Don't leave anything out. I will not leave anything out. <laughs> wow. So I mean, I worked in the Chicago theater scene. You know, after Carolina Change, um, there were several shows that. I auditioned for and I got to be a part of and, you know, things were busy for me. I was so excited, you know, but, but I, you know, I needed to have multiple jobs. Don't get me wrong. You know, this is, you know, you're working in small theaters and whatnot. And, um, so I did, you know, um, a show at Victory Gardens Theater and I went on to work in Marriott Lincolnshire. And Mm -hmm. and then I got an audition for Mamma Mia, which was pretty much my biggest audition to date. Mm -hmm. You know, it it was a national tour. Yeah. And I didn't think I could get it, to be honest with you. I I didn't think that they would cast anyone from Chicago. I wow. remember telling my sister, I said, oh, you know, these are things that people in New York get. You know, I'm, I'm just doing theater in Chicago. And that just goes to show you, you have to have a big vision for yourself. You know, yes. don't ever limit yourself. Yes. And thank goodness for people that have encouraged me because my sister said, you want to take it seriously. How do you know you won't get it? And I said, you're right. I don't know, something clicked. And I'm like, you're right. I need to, I need to study. I need to practice. Yeah. So into the movie and I practiced and, and I booked Mamma Mia, the national tour. Wow. And I see the country in this amazing way um, and, and perform in a show of that scale. Well, then when I came back to Chicago, though, however, so this business, as you know, is up and down. Mm-hmm. It was like I had to reintroduce myself to the city. Yeah. So you know, I did do a show at Writers Theater. It was a one-woman show, but it wasn't singing. Um, but then it was slow for me. So I decided to take a job at the Obama Foundation for his second re-election campaign. And I was in finance, of all things, fundraising <laughs> for the Obama campaign. That's fabulous. And, you know, because sometimes you have to realize, you know, I firmly believe that we're such complex people and that if there are other things that you can do, I say embrace that because everything feeds into everything else. That's right. And that And I said, you know what? If I'm not getting the auditions, I'll work here mm-hmm. and I'll use other parts of my skill set, right? Well, the second week that I work there, all of a sudden I get all these auditions. And one of them was the Book of Mormon on Broadway. And I'm wow. Like, and I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, Book of Mormon on Broadway. Sure, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. So I went on a lunch break. I left a post-it note to my boss. I said, hey, I finished all my work. I'm going to run down and do like a quick audition because they knew I was an actress and they embraced that. Mm -hmm. And I auditioned. Then I got a call back. And this was for a vacation swing role. Um, And a vacation swing is somebody that basically when people on Broadway go on vacation, this person knows all of the tracks and they fill in and play that role. Mm -hmm. So I go in for the dance call and... And then three days later, I kid you not, I got a call. Hey, you're going to Broadway. Wow. I mean, I'm working, you know, a desk job, fundraising for a political campaign. What? I didn't even live in New York. I lived in Chicago. So I went there. They were like, it's only for three weeks. You're going to learn one track and then we'll 
you know, once you learn that, we'll, we'll see about teaching you more. So it almost felt still like an audition. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't feel like I had arrived by any sense of the imagination. <laughs> My friend who lived in the South Bronx, you know, it was the glamour and the glitz that maybe people have in mind. I mean, it was work, you know? Yeah. Um, and so at the time they just won these Tony awards. I mean, I was really just awestruck. I really had to ground myself that yes, you are here. You earned it. You're in the building, you know, and, <laughs> and you're, this is real. Yeah. Wow. And so I learned tracks and then they said, okay, we want you to stay a couple weeks longer to learn another one. And then, so I did, I was a vacation swing for that show for two years before permanently joining a cast wow. and doing the country for the national tour. But I would fly back and forth from Chicago to New York. In between in Chicago, I would sometimes do shows here. Wow. And never know when they were going to call. So I would, in my spare time, I would continue to practice those tracks. Mm -hmm. I would rent out space here in Chicago um, because I just, it, it was sort of a faith thing. I'm like, they'll call me, but I never knew yeah. if, when that call was going to come. But you wanted to be prepared if they did call and that was, that's wonderful. And so um, it was January. Remember it was a January, it was around this time, you know, now some years ago that I made my Broadway debut. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I had just flown into town maybe six hours before I got that call and I was getting groceries and they said, Hey, you're on. How, how about making your Broadway debut today? You're going to go on for this track. I went, wow. I, sing. I was singing in the cab with the cab driver. I said, Hey, I'm so sorry. I really need to warm up. Do you mind practice? He goes, sure. Whatever. You know, um, that's and great. They debut, you wow. know, Wow, that is so exciting. You know, it's kind of the, the story that, that artists dream of, that singers dream of. You know, they're, they're calling you, it's like, come right now and you're going to be, you're making your debut. <laughs> That's pretty exciting. Definitely not a relaxing sensation <laughs> at all. Um, <laughs> rush. I mean, and when you're on, so when you're a, a swing on Broadway or, you know, an understudy, you don't necessarily get to do a put-in rehearsal with the cast. Yeah. You don't always rehearse with the actual props. Um, you know, you're sort of learning the show in a vacuum and isolation. So that was truly my first time being on stage with that cast in the costume, touching the actual prop. Wow. And I'll be honest, it was not a straightforward. Well, the first act was was fabulous. I was brilliant. Um <laughs> Just act. I mean, I got to intermission. Everyone's like, yes, you are doing it. I mean, I'm like on top of the world. Here comes the big Broadway dance number. And, you know, um, I, we had these top hats and that top hat fell on the ground and I just blur. Oh, I step. Um, but that was just, you know, and then, and that was a lesson in and of itself. Right. Because then I learned I was, of course, like, oh, no, you know, everyone goes, oh, we did it all the time. I did it. I dropped it. And and then you learn that. And so I was like, OK, so you learn to sort of take all that stress off of yourself. Yes. Things happen. <laughs> happen. And each time they happen, you think of something else that you can do to sharpen to sharpen your toolkit, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So that happened. And then the next day I said, OK, I need to get there early. I reached out. I said, I'm going to make a fake prop. I like took a piece of paper and created like my makeshift version of this glove 
and I practiced it and I said, this will never happen to me again. <laughs> that's great. That's great. It's, you know, that's, that's part of the experience. You know? experience for sure. Yeah. If things happen. You can either, you know, you, of course you get upset, but after that, then you have that choice that you're going to learn from it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and then you're going to sharpen your skills and whether that's practicing more or reaching out to a coach, which I am a huge advocate of, you know, mm-hmm. staying fresh. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All of those things are really, really important. Those things are so important. Yeah. So now when the pandemic began, you were working a show on the West Coast. Tell us about that. Yeah. So when the pandemic, um, you know, when it when everything happened, I was actually um, in Harry Potter and the Cursed Child in San Francisco. That's great. But we had really just opened that show. What an amazing show. I mean, I was doing magic and yeah. And I mean, <laughs> the show truly just a spectacle. It's a two part show, actually. So audiences actually they see part one on one day and then they come back the next day to see part two of the show. Wow. Then on Saturday, you know, we do part one and then part two. So it's an all day affair. Um, and so that's what I was doing. And that show, you know, um, it wasn't a musical. There was music in it. Um, but it was a show that, um, you know, like I said, it was it's the eighth book in the Harry Potter series. Um, and it required that I study in a different way. Always, you know, using my voice as as my instrument. Um, we had dialect coaches because we all spoke with British accents. Wow. And, something that we had to keep up and then vocally you know vocal technique my technique as a singer really helped with that show because um you know there's so much text yeah and you're huge stage you know for an audience that could seat you know two thousand people mm-hmm. that vocal support that vocal technique that i learned through years of book of mormon and mama mia and musicals in chicago it really helped me yeah <laughs> Yeah, all of these skills build one on the other. It's fantastic. Nothing is ever really wasted, you know? And I think when, when you make a living as a singer and as, as a performer, all of your experiences come to play in ways that you don't really realize until you're pulling on those skills, you know? That's right. That's right. That's fantastic. So yeah. so when the show, when the pandemic came and the show, how did it close? How did, you know, what what was that like? Oh, wow. It was, it was a bit dramatic. I mean, you know, we were in San Francisco and we were hearing everything and, you know, and and we were having meetings about how we needed to, you know, just sort of step up, um, you know, the sanitation and all that, you know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so we were wiping down our mats. I mean, that show is really um, physically rigorous. And so we would do a lot of workouts together and things like that. And so we were starting to take precautions. And then we found out that, you know, we got a message from the the mayor that our show was going to be postponed. Mm -hmm. At the time, we thought for a month, you know, who knew that here we are, you know, almost a year later. Yeah. Um, And so it was a big transition. And again, one of those things that you sort of learn as an actor, we're used to these transitions. so, you know, for me, even though our show, our show still does have plans to return, um, I ended up coming back to Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, to be close to family. So it was a lot of, you know, split second decisions. Yeah. <laughs> Plane tickets and, um, and gathering up my, my tools. I did have masks as, a, as fate would have it because we had the wildfires out there. Oh. And so I, 
a box of masks um, mm-hmm. that who knew I'd be using them in that way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the a big adjustment, big adjustment, but wow. back home in Chicago and pivoting, you know, yep. going out for voiceovers and creating my own opportunities and focusing on other projects. That's really yeah. what this time has been. That's fantastic. It's fantastic. You've got quite a story. You're a very young woman, but you've got quite a story, which is fantastic. It's fantastic. It's an adventure for sure. Yeah, truly an adventure. Truly. Well, I want to thank you for being with us and sharing your story. Is there anything else you'd like to you'd like to tell us? Do you have any advice for people who might want to be doing theater or be on Broadway or just want to be a singer? You know what? Absolutely. I think with this craft, one thing that I I tell to myself, I say to myself is never let the boundaries of someone's limited imagination limit you. Wow. No one can put boundaries on us. Mm -hmm. If you are a singer who also likes to create your own work, by all means, do that. There's not one way to get there. And, and my story is a testament to that. Yes. You know, it's it has not been a linear path. There's, you know, I've done theater. I've been a teaching artist. I've worked for the, you know, campaigns. I've done many different things, um, all driven by my interest. Mm-hmm. And always served me. You know, um, my latest endeavor is my project, The Grandmother Project. Yes, I was going to mention that. I love this project. Tell us about it. Grandmother Project, um, again, and here I am a singer, and I decided, you know, I'm really fascinated by my grandmother and the stories of older women, and especially older Black grandmothers. Mm-hmm. You know, they there's just a special bond, and they have such a special place in the community. Mm-hmm. And I decided that I wanted to interview my grandmother, and I wanted to record other women, other young women interviewing their grandmothers on subjects of, like, love and relationships and family and just to find out how they've done it, you know, because they're really these living legends that we have in our midst. And so with my own budget, I scraped together some resources. I called some friends on Facebook and, you know, reached out to um, other black women that I knew that that made music to do the score and people that, you know, did videography. And I started interviewing these grandmothers you know, and Wonderful. and now you can you can see it on the Grandmother Project Series.com. We've actually got some new programming coming out this month. Oh, so good. Launching a webinar series called At Their Feet. So that'll be starting in a few weeks. So all of that will be on the website for grandmotherprojectseries.com. That's wonderful. Well, we will definitely put all of this in the show notes so that people can check out all of your projects and any video that you want to share and just whatever you want to share because you're just such an exceptional young woman and I'm so I'm so proud to know you. Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much. This has been an honor and thank you so much for having me. I hope that someone can glean something that will inspire them and that, you know, that they'll know that this is it's, it's really possible. If Absolutely. I can do it, anyone can do it. Truly. You just have to believe in yourself truly and not put limitations on yourself and how far you can go. Wonderful advice. Melanie Brazil, thank you so much for being with us today. This has been such a pleasure. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. The Business Savvy Singer Podcast is brought to you by the privatemusicstudio.net, Eternal Wolf Music, and Greta Pope Entertainment. 
Let us know if you know of a singer who is having great success in the music business. We'd love to share their story and their journey on this podcast. Send your emails to info at GretaPope.com. We've had a great time with you today. See you next time on the Business Savvy Singer Podcast. The Business Savvy Singer. Singer.